we may have to stop at some point here because I'm expecting animal control here at the house. Um, this is because the uh, the series between the Bull Terrier and the Skunk is now 2 nothing in favor of the Skunk. Yeah, so Schmooze has uh, had to have the tomato soup bath. Is that what you do? No, no. Tomato soup does not work. There is a, 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 something called um, Skunk Off, which you get at groomers and you can get at, uh, at vets. And there's a shampoo and then some sort of triage liquid that is uh, very, very powerful. So the idea is to douse the dog with this stuff as soon as possible and then shampoo it with the skunk off. And that does a pretty good job. But let me just tell you something. This is the second time in uh, in 10 days that she got nailed. You'd think she would have learned by now because, you know, a cat will only walk on a hot stove once. I think... She has, because she's a little bit wary about going into a certain place in the backyard. So how much is it going to cost you to, to deal with this skunk situation? And how do you actually deal with it? Well, I don't know, because we've called the town of Halton, and they're supposed to come and take a look. Here's, in Ontario, there's a rule that says that if you trap something, you can't move it more than a kilometer away from where you trap it, which is fine, because we've got lots of ravines and everything here. And it can't be in the trap for more than a certain length of time. Something like that. Um, however... We think that we are just, we just happen to be on a migratory path for the skunk. The skunk is not living at our house. Skunks live under decks and under patios and anything like that. We don't have that. So we think that we're just on, on, on this rambling skunk path and uh, they come in under the, uh, under the fence and uh, are on their way to someplace else. Now, I went out on Saturday and we bought something called blood meal, which is a nitrogen rich. Um, fertilizer that you put on on your beds, and uh, I put one, two, three, four kilograms of this stuff all over the yard. Apparently, that that scares them away. We haven't seen any skunks since then, so I'm hoping that it works. Meanwhile, this heavy nitrogen stuff is going to burn the crap out of my lawn, but it's better than that than having another smelly dog. Between the destroyed lawn and the uh, stinky neighborhood, your neighbors must love you. Uh, the views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. No, they don't. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Featuring musical guest, Sting. You heard it here first. iTunes Radio is coming to Canada uh, eventually. The Geeks and Beaks newsroom reports the streaming music service comes to the Great White North, I think, before Christmas. Blame Zuckerberg. We'll run down the nine apps that are draining your iPhone's battery since you upgraded to iOS 7. What's your musical taste say about you on a first date? We'll tell you why admitting to being a Rush fan isn't going to get you laid. Ever. Your next pair of speakers may come in a peanut butter jar. Why you might be smearing them on your walls. And a Geeks and Beats giveaway. We'll tell you how you could win a booming wireless sound system thanks to your favorite concert experience. You've updated iOS uh, 7 on both your iPad and your iPhone. Are you loving it large? I had a little trouble with email on my iPhone. I have an iPhone 5. But uh, a restore fixed it. And I, I really quite like it. It's very fast. It's growing on me. I have to say, I, I didn't think I would like the flat design and people are making fun of it. My brother called it the romper room look. And he's not that wrong. No, he's not. I mean, it's a simpler look. I, I was never a big fan of the skew morphic design. So I'm, I'm okay with it. 
I will overlook how it looks to benefit from the speed that it has. I like it a lot. Meantime, uh, you uh, report that uh, iTunes Radio is in fact coming to Canada. I had dinner uh, the other night on Thursday with someone whose identity I cannot divulge. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. But let's say that this person would be in a very good position to know about iTunes radio coming to Canada. When is it coming to Canada? Uh, eventually. Eventually. That, yeah, but we all knew it was eventually coming. This is far from the scoop I thought I was going to get this morning. No, 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 no. no. See, the problem is they have to... The U.S. is always the primary rollout. And once it gets up and running in the U.S., and it's only really been available since last Thursday when iOS 7 was released, or last Wednesday when it was released, let America work out all the bugs. Meanwhile, we're probably going to have another Apple event next month to launch some iPads, and I would not be surprised if at that time we hear more about iTunes Radio. Now, if you remember the iTunes, uh, the iPhone launch and the iOS launch uh, earlier this month, they didn't really spend an awful lot of time on on iTunes Radio. There was uh, somebody came on, they did a quick playlist, and they moved on. Uh, Apple traditionally holds some kind of music-intensive event before Christmas. So I think what's going to happen is sometime next month, they're going to introduce some new iPads, and they're going to give a li- uh, uh, an update as to the, the rollout of, of iTunes Radio. I'm looking for a month. Is, is, it gonna be, uh, is it going to be January, February, March? I think it will be before Christmas. Oh, that soon. I think it will be before Christmas. Now, are you all excited about this prospect, or, or is this just yet another music streaming service? This is yet another music streaming service. However, it's a little bit better than the others in the sense that it uh, is is immediately tied to purchases. Now, if I hear something that I like, I can purchase it immediately. I think my impulse purchasing is going to go up once I get this. Mm, I bet, I bet it is. Yeah, it's going to go up at 99 cents and $1.29 at a time. In the meantime, have you found that uh, with uh, iOS 7 that your iPhone 5's battery drains more quickly? Yeah, I have. Uh, in fact, I, last night when I was in the jury room, uh, I was sneaking looks at... Uh, the, the Emmy winners on my phone. And, uh, I, you know, I went into the hotel last night at, at 6 o'clock with a 100% charge. By the time I got out, I was below 45%. Speaking of the Emmys, Netflix made history with three wins this Emmy season. Yeah, good for them. Have you watched uh, the big Kevin Spacey uh, thriller show? Oh, yeah. We watched it uh, the moment it came out. It's very good. Fantastic. So I can imagine that this really gives the impetus for Netflix and others to do more of this go around the traditional Hollywood route to make TV. Yes, I think so too. Right now, television is where it's at. Television is where the best art is being created, not with movies. And now that there's this new semi-proven distribution model with Netflix, and we've had House of Cards, we've had Orange is the New Black, we've had the new um, uh, new Arrested Development. Hey, you know... Cut that cord. I'm not completely convinced that this is the future. Not not, not at this point anyway. I, with the Netflix model, you could sign up for Netflix for the free month, gorge yourself on House of Cards, and then cancel at the end of the month. I, I'm not convinced this is translating to the bottom line over at Netflix. Well, um, I happen to know some people who work at Netflix, and um, the, the problem... And they would beg to differ. The problem is that here in Canada, we have a fraction of what's available 
on Netflix in the U.S. And again, that's all licensing issues. But if you, uh, again, I'm, I'm talking highly placed people at Netflix in San Francisco, and they will tell you that things are just fine. I hope so. I, I, I wish no ill on Netflix or the uh, idea that uh, you can do an end run around Hollywood and create fantastic TV without having to rely on the existing machine. It's just, I, I don't know that we've seen it translate into the bottom line just yet. And they've, they've got a, a little bit of while to, to figure that out. Oh, sure they do. And, and their costs must be astronomical, but they are, are, are working on, uh, on licensing deals and making sure that uh, they always have the best, highest quality original stuff that they can afford and to get the stuff that everybody wants on demand for gorging purposes as soon as, as soon as possible. Like, for example, I'm really annoyed about Homeland. I, I watched the first episode of Homeland on Netflix. I just burned through the whole thing. And then I've been waiting six or eight months for season two while season three is actually starting on Super Channel here in Canada. So I'm going to be perpetually a season behind, which really annoys me. It doesn't make any sense for season two to not be available until season three starts. It's the same problem with Downton Abbey. Mama, I'm sorry, no one told me you were here. I'm glad of this chance for a little talk. I've given my life to Downton. I was born here and I hope to die here. So this is the wrong stage, it's a gaiety. You were on the stage. Carson, is this true? I think we'll go through. Put him in an empty cottage and fed him from the kitchens. I couldn't buy food in the village and raise too many questions. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. The British will get the next season of Downton Abbey before it comes to BBC America, and we get it here on this side of the pond. So you're just encouraging people to steal the content because they want it. Yeah, Top Gear. There's my there's my real weakness. Uh, it, it drives me nuts. They've, BBC Canada has gotten better at getting Top Gear here sooner, but they're not as quick as BBC America. They had the the new series before us, and then you know I know all these car nuts who you know the moment after the show runs on uh, BBC Two on a Sunday night, it's they they they, they torch it. It's gone. They've got it already, and just like duh. So there you were, sneaking peeks at the uh, Emmy winners as uh, your uh, ongoing jury investigation continued, and you're finding the battery life drains. It turns out, according to Mashable.com, there are a few reasons why, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the flat design, with the lots of white space burning up all that battery life because you've got to use more screen uh, access. Facebook is probably one of the biggest contributors to battery drain, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to turn that off. Well, it refreshes in the background, even if you're not actively using the app. And within the settings options, there is the ability to turn on and turn off on a per-app basis 
the ability for apps to update and access your cellular and Wi-Fi in the background. So if you've got your battery going down and the cost per month going up, it's probably because apps like Facebook, um, the Apple Maps feature, the camera, the weather, the Skype, for example, they're all working in the background when you don't know it. You know, I have Breaking News, uh, an app called Breaking News, and, and I'm always getting notifications. And sometimes I'll get like uh, a dozen notifications at a time. Maybe that's another problem because it's going to have to go back and fetch news all the time. So You're also dialed into the Twitter machine, so Twitter is actually one of the bigger ones as well. Okay, I'm going to, uh, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to turn all that stuff off. Do you play the Angry Birds? No, 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 no. Okay, good, because apparently free games which come with advertising can cause an unexpected drain on your battery as well. You would think that it's the 3D graphics and the sophisticated games, but it turns out it's the pop-up advertisements which are gradually draining your battery in concert with apps like Twitter, Skype, Weather, and Facebook. Oh, okay. All right. What your musical taste will say about you on a first date. This is link bait, uh, this sort of stuff. But <laughs> I, I, you know, people people like this. You know what I'm really into? Bruce Springsteen. Into this tunnel of love. Yeah, it says you're a monster in the sack if you, if you say you like Bruce Springsteen. Really? Okay. Rod Stewart, you're probably gross. David Bowie, you're selective but slutty. What? Where did all of this come from? It's a site called HowAboutWe.com. And how do they come to the conclusion that if you're into Rod Stewart, you're gross? I think that that's self-evident, but... <laughs> so it's uh, HowAboutWe is the name of the site. They have modern dating advice, sex relationships, eat, drink, date, and date ideas. So it is a, a dating site. So somebody sat down one day. Oh, and this dates back to December 28th, 2011. Wow, you dug deep into the link bait for this one. No, I didn't. Somebody's forwarded it to me, and I read it, and I thought, okay, I need an entry today, so I put it out. That's basically what it is. Interesting to note that uh, if you're a fan of the Beastie Boys, you believe that loyalty is rewarded. I believe that because if you get into the the relationship between the members of the band, uh, yeah, I believe that. And uh, if you're into the Ramones, uh, you're only trying to be cool, unless you're over 40. If you're over 40 and you're into the Ramones... I, I suppose you're not trying too hard. It's just your nature. Well, you remember the Ramones when they were around, so there's nothing trying to be cool. You, If you liked them when they were here, well, then you had good taste. I, I like the one about Rush. If you like Rush, you're a man and a nerdy one at that. Well, duh. <laughs> like, seriously? One of the weirdest things I ever saw was we went to a, a Rush show at the O2 Arena in London. This is a couple of years ago. And... The, the band is, is, is going through their set and they get to YYZ or YYZ, this terrific instrumental. And I'm in row 20 on the floor and I'm a couple of seats over from the aisle. And during YYZ, this absolutely, unbelievably gorgeous woman starts getting up, uh, gets up and starts to dance. And it was just so incongruous, so weird that... A great-looking woman in an arena filled with nerds, because that's the Rush constituency, was dancing seductively to this awesome Rush instrumental. I was in love. On the topic of love, one of uh, my all-time favorite bands is The Cure. And according to HowAboutWe.com, if you're a fan of The Cure, you fall in love way too easily. Mm. Now, my... My band story. You've got your Rush YYZ band story. 
My story is the cure. I had front row tickets. Now, if you have front row seats to any concert, it's because you've got connections. Am I right? Uh, usually, yes. It's very, very, very difficult to get front row tickets to anything these days. I had connections. Now, also, because those connections generally don't actually use their own tickets, you know that the first two or three rows are often empty. That's right. At least for the very the beginning of, of the, the show. And so we're there, and some guy dressed almost identically to Robert Smith has weaseled his way down from the nosebleed seats, and he's standing next to me. Just I, I just look over, and I'm like, oh, there was an empty seat. Now there's this guy who's a spitting image of Robert Smith. And Robert Smith is making his way from one side of the stage over to the other towards us. And as he's singing, he looks down at the guy who looks just like him. (laughs) And then he looks at me, who looks nothing like a Cure fan. (laughs) Looks back at the guy, looks back at me, gives me mid-song that look and a shrug. Like, get a load of this guy. (laughs) And then goes back onto his song. (laughs) Robert Smith and I had a moment. (laughs) Together. Isn't that interesting? Can I tell you my Robert Smith story? Please do. A number of years ago, I was invited to interview him on the release of... This 2004, 2005, on the release of a, of a Cure album. So uh, I flew to London, and I talked to the publicist, and they said, okay, the interview is tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Be at this hotel, I think it was the Hilton Hotel, at Gatwick Airport, which is next to you know Crowley, which is where he lives, uh, and, and you can have an hour to talk to him. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, we'll see you. T- an hour. An hour, yeah, great, awesome. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. And she goes, um, uh, no, Robert works from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, the 2 o'clock we're talking about is 2 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay, so fine. I, I prepare for the interview. I get on the Gatwick Express. I go to the Hilton Hotel. For 12.30, I sit in the bar, have a drink. Then I go up to a suite where I'm in line to talk to Robert. And finally, 2 o'clock comes along, and somebody opens the door and says, Robert, we'll see you now. So I'm escorted down this hallway into this room. She opens the door. I step inside. She closes the door behind me. It's a big suite, apparently, but I can't see much of it because there's only one single light on, a 40-watt light bulb in a lamp in the corner. And I'm thinking, this is weird and creepy. And then suddenly, from around the corner, this thing shuffles with hair and makeup and high-top running shoes that are undone. And he shuffles over to me and he goes, hello, I'm Robert. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so so we sat down and we had a very nice conversation, which turned to his love of, I guess it was Queen's Park Rangers, which was his uh, his football team. And uh, how he really was a big fan of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, see, you just blew the whole thing right there at the end. Well, really? A fan of the Leafs? He has Leaf jerseys. Oh, really? Yes, he does. All right. I think this uh, brings us to a very interesting point in the program. I I was going to save this for the Geeks and Beats update, uh, but we've got something to give away on the big show, and I think I've just figured out how we're going to give it away. Oh, okay. Uh, It is uh, the Super Tooth Disco, and it's got a weird-sounding name to it, but it's this fabulous sound bar courtesy of our friends at Supertooth and uh, the Max Borges Agency. And the idea here is that this is a Bluetooth-based 
speaker system. It's a sound bar that if you crank these tunes, the rechargeable battery built in will last as many as three hours. Now, if you're not cranking it, it'll go as long as 10 hours with its inner rechargeable battery, but it is fully wireless, Bluetooth A2DP stereo speaker. It's worth like 140 bucks. I'm looking at it now. That's a Look how big it is. I think it's about uh, about a foot long in in width. You know, I'm finding that I need a Bluetooth speaker when I travel because I want to listen to music from my laptop or from my phone. Well, if I listen to my laptop, that's no good because I'm I'm, I'm with the tiny little speakers. Right. And I don't necessarily want to have headphones on all the time. So I may have to start traveling with, with a Bluetooth speaker. And I... This is rather interesting. No, you can't have this one. No, 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 no. We're giving this one away. And I think what we need to do is the winner is the one who gives us the best personal concert story. I like that. Does it have to be with an artist? Any story. Okay. Because everybody's got a story about their favorite concert, and it's got to be a good story. So if you call 323-319-NERD and leave us a message with your story, because you'll be at the bar... You'll be, you know, three sheets to the wind, and someone will reference something like you did with The Cure, and whammo, next thing you know, we're talking about The Cure, and my favorite band moment, similar sort of thing. Whatever your favorite story is about your best concert experience, give us a call at 323-319-NERD, and uh, the winner will win uh, the Super 2. Okay, and there are no restrictions on the nature of the story, correct? Correct. Okay. All you need to do is entertain us. So we'll put the uh, top three contenders uh, up on the website, and then we'll let uh, the listener vote. All right. Fair enough. I'm in. All right. Meantime, you've found some speakers made of gel? Yeah, this is kind of interesting. It's uh, a new formulation. I guess, is it electrostatic? Is that how it would work? I think so. So it's, it's, it's a clear, transparent gel that you can smear on a surface, kind of like peanut butter, and it will conduct electrical energy and turn it into acoustic energy. The problem with this gel is that it's based uh, on water. It's water-based and it, it, it evaporates. Apparently it has a full range of sound that can be stretched across a variety of screens, including windows, and it works in reverse as well. So you can block outside noise while you're inside, uh, almost like those uh, headphones you wear on the airplane. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool idea. Apparently, the, one of the scientists who developed the speakers believes the gel's capabilities range even further. You can actually use it to create local vibrations on individual letters on a phone's keyboard. So if you're typing on your keyboard, it can give you some feedback that you've hit the right key. See, that's great for, uh, for access issues. Apple's got a patent on a technology that is similar. It sends an electrical pulse uh, to that point on the screen, and it raises the screen up ever so slightly, so you get a little bumped ridge around the keys. Ooh. Yes. So the big knock against keyboards that are tied to smartphones is that, you know, the touchscreen-based keyboards, you don't know what keys you're, you're typing. That's why I love my BlackBerry, everybody will say, or at least everybody who's still has a BlackBerry. And uh, you can now, well, you may soon in the future be able to get around that sort of thing with a, a standard touchscreen with these little raised bumps. Like, Can you imagine the, the OK button on your smartphone being raised up, but only when you need it? Yeah, that would be good because I got fat fingers. So I have to hunt and peck when I type. And I think that would help me, actually. This hydrogel, the only uh, other problem is that it, because it is uh, water-based, it does evaporate quite quickly, as you point out. And so they still need to figure out a way to get around this. Mm. 
You know, another way that this thing would work is uh, wife-proofing audio systems in the house. You're having a problem with uh, wifey there? I am. So we have built-in speakers in a wall surrounding the television. Even though we've painted over the grills, she still hates the look of those things. And my audio video guy tells me that there's some sort of new transducer that will turn drywall into full frequency speakers. Fine, whatever. And she wants that. Ooh. It's 3500 bucks. Not going to happen anytime soon. However, if we could uh, you know, spread a little speaker gel and it didn't look horrible... And then she might get it, you know, that might be that might be a solution for this thing. You'd actually be able to use the windows of your house as a speaker system. There you go. Your entire house. Can, can you imagine the cops trying to come and shut down your party when they can't figure out where the sound's coming from? No, that would be fantastic, actually, especially if you had a Sonos system and you could, uh, or, or Sonos-like system. That'd be cool. You ready for Ask Alan Anything? Yeah. Hi, this is Jamie from Edmonton, Alberta. Alan, do you know whatever happened to the Razorbacks? Thanks a lot. That's a very good question. They disappeared sometime after 1996, uh, after about a 10-year run. They were on a label called Other People's Music, which I don't think exists anymore. So they they kind of disappeared. There's not even an official website. Um, there used to be a fan site. It's gone. So the band has more or less disappeared. I'm going to have to do an awful lot more digging to find out where they where they went. Because I have no idea. Wasn't this the band that ended up on the Tommy Hunter show all the time? Yeah, they did. And uh, they had a series of records that became alternative radio hits on, on the few commercial alternative stations that were in Canada back then and on college radio. They also did well playing gigs um, in, in Toronto, up and down Queen Street. How is it possible that a band simply has ceased to exist and there's nothing on the internet about them? It does happen because a band will reach the end of their lifetime. The natural lifetime of a band is about seven years. Razorbacks lasted about 10, and everybody grew up. Everybody went on to get careers and lives and mortgages and car payments and all that sort of stuff. And because the Razorbacks were a, a, a rockabilly band, which even back in the 90s was pretty niche um, I guess they had no champions outside the band to maintain their legacy, and I guess no one within the band found it necessary to even put up uh, you know, a MySpace page. Is this Tony Kenny, uh, the the guitarist and the lead singer behind this, who's, who's basically to blame? Like, I would think that if you did, had a good 10-year run uh, as a band, you would want to have some sort of evidence of it. I'm even on Wikipedia right now, and uh, all of the links that go outside of the Wikipedia article are dead. Yeah. The fan site's dead. The uh, Tommy Hunter link on the Tommy Hunter show is dead. The Razorbacks on the Much Music Studios, uh, dead as well. All the YouTube videos have been taken offline. It, it's almost like uh, they've entered the witness protection program. Well, that says to me that there is some kind of legal issue. Oh. Shh. Shh, shh, shh. Don't bring it up. Well, yeah. Geeks and Beats update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. We have two new co-producers. Well, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Scott Coates, uh, a co-producer. Uh, this is the guy from Kuala Lumpur, if I recall correctly. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And Alyssa Clarkson, uh, who is a writer for a tech company in Kitchener, Ontario. I hope she doesn't work for BlackBerry. Uh, no, she uh, says she translates the brilliant ideas of others for the common folk. 
kind of like what I do. Yes, it is. Taking those complex ideas and making them understandable for the masses. She says she was a longtime listener of the ongoing history of new music and decided to check out Geeks and Beats when she saw it come up on your Twitter feed. Oh, very nice. Which is exactly the kind of support I need in getting you to tweet more often about the big show. Yeah, okay, 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 I'll do it. Is that all the browbeating you need? That's fine. I'll take care of it. Wow. Spoken like a married man. I haven't been home. I, I was in L.A. and then... Um, I, I have to go to San Francisco on, on, uh, I think I'm going on Thursday, uh, for something that RDO wants to show us, but you can't go. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm just waiting to hear. She says she listens to the podcast in her cube. Here are your messages. You have 30 minutes to move your car. You have 10 minutes. Your car has been impounded. Your car has been crushed into a cube. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Hello, Mr. Burns' office. Is it about my cube? We discussed this last week. She also has synesthesia. I'm jealous of somebody who has synesthesia. I want to experience that for a day. She says she has it for numbers and letters. Interesting. Which is different than music. As we had been discussing synesthesia, people can see uh, sounds. Uh, But this one, for her, it's numbers and letters. I would like you to explain that to me. Do you feel that numbers have have colors or or sounds or textures or or what? Alyssa, give us a call. Let us know. Uh, 323-319-NERD. Leave us a voicemail message and uh, tell us all about it. Yeah. Meantime, if you'd like to join us uh, as uh, on the true of co-producers of The Big Show. There's uh, one way to do it, and one way only. You go to geeksandbeats.com slash donate. You slap 25 bucks our way, and we can ensure that not only do you get a mention on The Big Show, but you can use this co-producer credit as a resume entry. Oh, by the way, if I may suggest that if you have not heard last week's show, go back and listen to it again, because it, or go back and listen to it, because it's good. I think we did a good job. <laughs> of all the episodes, of all the, what, we're up uh, 24 now, that is the only one you've actually listened to. No, no, no. I thought it was the best one we've done. Oh, really? Yes, I enjoyed it. Fantastic. In a related note, uh, we uh, figure that uh, we're going to be doing this uh, Geeks and Beats uh, Google Plus Hangout Live to Air uh, show from time to time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we established what our next uh, broadcast date is. Uh, first Sunday in October, is that what we're doing? October 6th it is. You wanted to do it next week, but next week is the final episode of Breaking Bad. Say my name. Eisenberg. You're goddamn right. I'm not doing anything that Sunday night except watching Breaking Bad, and I have not seen this week's yet, so if you have, shut up. I don't want, don't, do, just shut up. Spoilers. I, you know what? I, I don't watch the Breaking Bad myself. We, I have episode one waiting but uh, wifey's uh, no in no frame of mind for it yet. You have to. I, I think you have to be in a certain sort of headspace for a show like that. Ugh. No, you don't. I mean, it's 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 one of the finest TV programs ever written. It's right up there with The Sopranos. Uh, maybe better in some cases because of the character study that's involved. Uh, just do it. Okay. Just make the plunge for God's sake. I'm willing to. But of course, again, we can't hold the big uh, Geeks and Beats Google Hangout Live uh, that coming weekend because you've apparently got big plans. So again, if you'd like to join us, uh, we're giving you advance warning. Put it in the calendar now, October 6th, 7 p.m. We are going to be hosting a uh, live-to-air version of the show so you can see how the sausages are made. Yeah, do that. Okay. Meantime, my wife had uh, pointed out uh, to us uh, the most tech-savvy airlines you want to book uh, your next flight with. I've flown on Delta. And while Delta is over the continental United States, you get some pretty good Wi-Fi connections. 
and I was able to do uh, some blog entries and some email live. I also did some, uh, I, I sent a bunch of emails. I was flying to, uh, to Singapore and Singapore Airlines, and I, I got some pretty good connectivity uh, flying over, over Asia. The problem with um, this Wi-Fi connectivity on airplanes is that there were some countries that allow Wi-Fi within their airspace and others that don't. So I'm flying from London to Singapore, and I'm okay over most of Europe, but then there are dead spots in Asia, and then it picks up over Pakistan, and then India is one big black hole, and then you're over the uh, 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 the ocean again, and then you get into, um, I guess, Burma. There's nothing in Myanmar. And then finally, you get a little bit more going into Singapore. I'm looking at this list here. Japan Airlines, Virgin Atlantic, Virgin America. It seems to me that Virgin is the ultimate airline. Is that an accurate assessment? The best airline in the world that I've ever flown is Singapore Airlines, although uh, Qatar Airlines and Emirates are also very good. Singapore Airlines doesn't make it onto this list. Uh, this is why I'm, sus- I'm suspect about this list. Japan Airlines is number one with a bullet. Yeah, I can see that. Not only does it offer Wi-Fi... Uh, and power outlets in all the cabins, but it has a laptop battery lending service. Well, that's good. Oh, Singapore Airlines gets an honorable mention. Yeah, I mean, I've they've got more in their in-flight entertainment system than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, they've got big screens. They've got uh, great controls. You can call from seat to seat. You can call seat to seat? Yeah. As opposed to just getting up and walking over to the person? Listen, if you're on, a, on an A380 with 520 people on it, and somebody's at the front and you're at the back on the second level, it's not very convenient to be able to go between cabin to ca- cabin. to cabin. How long's a flight if you're on a plane like that? Five hours? Seven hours? Oh, no, 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 12. 12. You've got the time. You do and you don't because if you want to talk to somebody in first class or if you want to talk to somebody in business class and you're in steerage, they don't let you go between the classes. First world problems, man. Uh, yes, that's true. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.